Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Is at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage Show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. <laughs> with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. President Trump, what an honor to you on the podcast. It's, a, it's an honor to talk to you, Michael, for a long time. We've been talking for a long time, you and I, and you've been my, you've been a lucky charm, right? Oh, I, I hope that we have luck coming up because I've never seen the country in such hell. No, never been like this. The never country has never, never been. We've, we've fallen into yeah. hell under this maniac. Yep. I, I never been. You. I'm sorry. Never been like this. Are you going to uh, start off, Mike? You go ahead. Yes, please, President Trump. I have one main question. We're on the brink of war, which did not have to happen. It's happened because right. of the, soror the sorority around this this, this senile president that we have, if you had the power to pick up a phone and call Putin, could you stop this today? Well, look, let me start off by saying that it would have never happened. This would never have had, this was never on the table. It never would have been on, on the table. And he understood that fully. You know. you and know. I will tell you that he fully, fully got it. Had a very good relationship with him. Made much tougher because of the Russian hoax, which now is being exposed. Yes. As bigger than Watergate, yes. and the second biggest scandal is the fact that the newspapers agree that it's the biggest, but they refuse to write about it, because what's happened to this country is so bad, and a lot of it has to do with the press. They refuse to write about it. Uh, some are doing it big, but a lot of them refuse to write about it because they're embarrassed, and because they're bad. But, yeah, I, I think that something could be done, but I will tell you the thing that is happening now is I think the Americans played right into his hand because they made it very mm. severe and they gave him a lot of cards and now he's got the cards mm. and if they make a settlement he's going to make a hell of a settlement out of it and his alternative is we'll go to war and they'll take over at least a big part of the country if not all of it but what's happened Michael is they have by by talking about the severity mm. and, you know, the, the craziness that they saw, they've given him a lot more cards than he had at the beginning. You understand that, right? Now, President Trump, I tweeted the other day, listen, I think you'll love this. The Ukrainian comedian Zelensky can stop World War III by agreeing not to join NATO and have nukes pointed at Russia. A comedian and an Alzheimer's victim now control the destiny of the world. I think that says it all. That's how far we have fallen under this maniac. Shall I even call him that? He's a pathetic figure in the White House. So the problem that we have is we're not respected as a country anymore. When mm -hmm. I left, I think we had an all-time high, and you would know better than anybody. You covered it well, but we were respected by everybody, and that includes China. And watch what's going to happen with Taiwan. You know, they all watched that horrible scene in Afghanistan oh my that God. nobody will ever forget. 
There was never a more pathetic moment. And uh, wait till you see China. Wait till you see what happens with North Korea. It's all there is. I don't think we've ever had a time in our country like this where we're so totally disrespected. And then you see what comes out with the Durham report. You see what came out with the whole thing was a hoax, the Russia. And they were infiltrating the Oval Office. Yes. And no, you know I what? That, that would be punishable by the in, in the most stringent way. And you know what that means in the past. But it's, uh, it's like the Rosenberg. Incredible. It's like the Rosenberg case. It, it, it is like it is like the, it's a spying operation. And it, they took the spying operation into the Oval Office. And the press is, af- I guess, afraid. You'll tell me afraid or they're just bad news or they're communists and they don't want to write about it. By the way, the word is out big, whether they write about it or not. It's out big. But can you imagine? It's bigger than Watergate. And the second scandal is the fact that the press isn't writing about it. Right. They're not getting away with it. After these revelations of Hillary Clinton's shenanigans, meaning spying on you, the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, CBS News, NBC News, and ABC News, all of them, all of them ignored one of the biggest political scandals of the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Instead, the publications preferred to direct readers' attention to the Super Bowl, where gangsters rub their crotches for the world to see how far America has fallen. Zero media coverage of Hillary Clinton's spying scandal. Who did they have in the White House, President Trump, who was doing this behind your back? Do we know? So they don't know yet. I think that a lot of interesting things are going to be coming out. But uh, And these were real operatives doing things that would be lifetime or worse in prison. Lifetime or worse. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. And I knew there was nothing. I always knew. But think of it. And you're messing with a tremendous power, you know, nuclear power, and a power that we should be getting along with and we could get along with very easily, frankly. And now look at what's happening even with respect to that. They have so little respect. And if you would have said, number one, it would have never happened if the election wasn't rigged. This would have never happened in a million years. And China would have never happened. They understood where we were. For this to be happening now is incredible. I know you. I've met you a few times. I've flown with you on Air Force One and we shared a hot dog. Just People don't know who you really are. And I've tried to say to people, he's as real as he sounds like. And they make you into something that you are not on a hundred different levels. But putting aside my personal observations, this scandal is so big and so important for the future of the presidency that the media not covering it is almost a bigger story. How could they not cover? How could they not cover Hillary Clinton's campaign paying a technology company to infiltrate Trump Tower servers and later the White House itself? How could this not be covered? Uh, Honestly, it's not even thinkable. It's the biggest. It's bigger than. It's far bigger if you if you look at what this represents. Uh, Watergate was a break-in. They got some things. It was something that was. Bad, I guess uh, the way they handled it was bad. Everything was bad. But this is far bigger and far more important. And 
You know, what maybe I don't know if you'd say it was bigger. What could be worse than uh, spying on within the White House or whatever they did? But what could be bigger? But, you know, the, the fact that the press isn't covering something that's much bigger than Watergate. And when you say the press, too, you know, there are some that are doing a, a full time job of covering it. And on the Internet, it's the biggest story. It's the yeah. biggest story. So, you know, that's the good news. The good news is that people are seeing it. But the the second part of the story is the fact that they're not covering it. That's that's really big news. And that, to me, is the beginning of communism. That's how it all starts. Oh. That is the beginning of communism. Well, when you bury a story of this magnitude. But President Trump, as as an outsider looking in, it means that Hillary had a spy in the White House. Isn't that what this means? That's what it sounds like, and that's what everybody's saying. And I think what's happening is that, you know, all these people that won Pulitzer Prizes for their wrong coverage of Russia, Russia, Russia. I mean, look at these people. And they should give a, the Pulitzer organizations a disaster. Oh. They're afraid to take back the Pulitzer Prizes. I said, you have to take them back. You know, we put them on notice. You have to take them back. Because they came up with the wrong answer. In other yeah. words, they're reporting, you know, they say for their sterling reporting. Their yeah. sterling reporting turned out to be a joke. And now this on. further reveals it. And it reveals other things even beyond that, long beyond that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll look, see Russia what happens. Gate, Russiagate was a hoax from the get-go. Everyone who yeah. had a plane knew it was a, a hit job to cover up what they were doing in Ukraine. Joe and his son ripping uh, the country off in the backhanded way that they did. So now we're on the brink of war. God knows headlines. Russia moves into attack positions. 130,000 troops, potent weapons. Ukraine uh, says no. Have you ever met the comedian who runs Ukraine? I did meet him at, uh, I think, the United Nations. They had a news conference, and I did meet him. And I, I really don't know enough about him, but uh, certainly uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. A I, mess I that should have never met. happened. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trump, I heard that Zelensky was not only a comedian, but he was a bad one on top of it all and a vulgar one. So could you imagine how he's facing down Putin? I don't know how this yeah. ends in a good way. Well, it's going to be one way or the other. And, and one of the ways it could end is the United States will get far more than anyone thought possible. Look at oh, Iran. I Iran is now asking for money. Uh, here we go again. And we would have had a deal. We would have had a deal with them in my first week. My first week, we would have had a deal. A week, within a week after the election, if they didn't rig it, uh, we would have had a deal with Iran. Unbelievable. President Trump, look, you're a tough negotiator, but you also are a man of peace. I said that in 2015 when I backed you. I said he is a businessman. He knows that war is bad for business. He wants peace. That's the first rule of any society. Why does this Alzheimer's patient and his sorority girls around them, what are they so anxious for war? And now we bring in the RN, now we bring in Mitch McConnell. I, I know it's a trigger for you. They seem to love the war. It must be good money for them. Well, McConnell's backing some candidates that are going to have a hard time. He lost two seats, two Senate seats in Georgia. Uh, you know, he gave, he said not a penny more than $600 and they're saying $2,000 and right, wrong or indifferent. You don't win elections that way. That's for sure. That was a disaster. And he put himself in the commercial. He put himself the most unpopular politician. Uh, you know, the incredible thing about McConnell, he was losing. He came to me for help. He was uh -huh. down two points 
The woman had like 93, Amy McGrath, $93 million ready to spend. Mm. He asked me to help him. I helped him. I endorsed him. He went up 20 points. And uh, if I would have run somebody in Kentucky, a great, a great place, if I would have run somebody in Kentucky, uh, they would have won in the primary. Listen, and I should have done it, but... You know, who would have thought this happens? You know, they get some of these guys get elected and then they go rogue. So it's one of those things. But you can have McConnell. If we had fair elections in California, I would run yep. for Pelosi's seat. That's how crazy it's become here. We have a communist regime yep. here. A communist yep. regime in California. Can you imagine Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein who had a Chinese spy driving for her for 20 years and they're still in office? What kind of state is this? I did a rally in California. I had so many people, like one of the biggest, you've never seen anything like it. I said, there's no way a Republican loses by that number. There's no, no way. I don't think, maybe they don't lose at all. No. But it's a rigged deal. I'll tell you what, our election process is like we're a third world country. And some people don't like talking about that. Oh, that's not nice. Our election process, if you look at what happened in Pennsylvania and all of, I mean, so many states, so many different states. Oh, yeah. Take a look at what happened. It's a disgrace. In fact, the election looked like it was over at 10 o'clock in the evening in our way. Watch and, you it. know, every one of these things that we're talking about, inflation and Afghanistan and the military or these, these people in the military and so many others, the leaders in the military that are just selling us down the tubes. Can you imagine what Putin must have been thinking? And Chairman Xi, President Xi, you take a look at you take a look at China with Xi and what he must have been saying when he's watching television or wherever he's doing, whatever he's doing, and he sees what happened in Afghanistan. They no longer respect our country. No longer. Trump, when, when you were but we can get it back again. I know we can, and I'm not going to ask you if you're going to run because everyone's praying you do because it's yours to win. Period. If you run, you win, unless they steal it again. But I don't want to go into it because then they'll say I'm a Well, that's what you have to be very careful about. you got to be careful. That's why you have to. You can't get off that subject. You know, the uh, rhinos, they say, we have to think to the future. Well, you got to think to the future. Nobody thinks more about the future than me. But you got to make sure that this kind of crap can't go on. Uh, you look at other states, they cheated. But, you know, if you win a state... They cheat. They cheated in a lot of states that we won. You take a look at Texas and others. They cheated there too, but I won by a lot. So nobody tends to look at that. But one day, all of a sudden, you'll see you're losing them, like you lose California, like you lose others. You lost it. No, they got to be very careful. They can never no, forget. What, no, this no, is a very important no. election for that reason. One party, also. President Trump. We have a one-party system here, run by. I can't even use the words that I would like to use because I respect the listeners too much for them to, to hear this kind of truth. But I don't want to harp, harp on this because I don't have much time from you today. And I know that I want to talk about your new book, Our Journey Together, which I'm going to talk about, available at 45books.com. It's very important. But before we go, and here's an important one for me. Uh, I hope you run. I absolutely love you. I think that you can save America and the world all over again, as you almost did. You know, you almost saved this country single-handedly, by the way, from where we were going. And then they stole it from America, not so much from you. Yeah. Of course they stole it yeah. from you. They stole the country out from under our feet. And look what they put Different in country. It's look a different country right now. It's a big difference. Would you consider... I'll say this. Uh, and before, before the China virus came in, yeah. uh, we had... 
something going. The hist- like in history, there's never been anything like it. We were going to double up on China. You know the way they said, oh, within a certain period of time, like a year, China would eventually be bigger. The economy. We we were doing so well. We were going to double them up, and they knew it. We were, and I charged them tariffs. Nobody ever charged anything. We took in hundreds of billions of dollars of tariffs. Businesses were coming back into the U.S. We were doing so good. Then the China virus came, and uh, you had to do, you had to think about different things. And I then got it going again. I got it going. The cupboards were bare. The cupboards were full when I left, and so many different things. That Operation Warp Speed. Even the Democrats admit that was incredible what we did. But we got it going again, and they they just blew it. This inflation is yeah. eating our country alive. You know what I told and many other things. President Trump, when I, when I talk to Democrats online, which I do, I say to them, what did you like, $6 a gallon gas or $3 a gallon gas? Are you people this crazy? We had $3 yeah. a gallon gas under President Trump. Now it's 6 $7 a gallon out here in California. And they still don't. A lot less than $3. Hey, Mike, a lot less than $3, by the way. Well, we had a dollar eighty-seven. We got yeah. it down to numbers that were unbelievable, and and, and yet they could, and yet they could. Well, you have seven dollar now in some places. You have seven dollars. Yeah. It's a hundred dollars a barrel. We yeah. were at forty. No, it's a big problem, and that's a big part of inflation, by the way. You know, when the energy is all encompassing, and that's a big part of inflation and why we have such horrible inflation. Look, the inflation is now close to the worst. In 50 years, not they were saying 40 years two days yeah. ago. Now it's up to 50. Uh, it's a terrible thing. I guess I guess Biden will tell us to put a windmill in our tailpipe. But I, I have a question. Yeah, windmills, yeah. a very very expensive form of energy. They're yeah. made in you know most of them are made in Germany and in China. And uh, if you're a believer in the carbon footprint, they make yeah. those things and they. Spill out more more carbon than any. There's nothing you can do to ever make up for it. The whole thing is is ridiculous and yeah. a very very for, expensive form of energy. Aside from which, it kills the birds and yeah. it ruins the landscapes. I look at some of these wind farms; they're a disgrace. They're a disgrace. You take a look at them; they're ruining the environment. And the environmentalists like them. They have no idea why they like them because they're no good. Uh, very expensive energy. Look at Texas. Look what happened to Texas. They froze. Texas. Texas didn't need wind. And yeah. somebody did it. Environmentalists, they say, oh, let's put some windmills up. Yeah. They're sitting on just about more energy than any place in the world. And they say, let's experiment with uh, windmills. Would and you, that didn't work I, out too well. So anyway, but it's I, it's just one of those things. Here's a big yeah? question. Here's a big question for me. And I'm not asking you if you'll run again. That's going to happen whenever you decide. To run and not run. There's been a lot of talk about DeSantis. Would you consider him as a vice presidential candidate? Well, I would consider a lot of people. We have a lot of very good people. You know, we, you and I are talking about the stupidity that's happened in this country, but we have a lot of good people uh, that could be vice president. Uh, really good people. Okay. Yeah, he's good. Hey, I endorsed Ron when he was at three. Three percent. I know. And I after know. I endorsed him, he went, you know, like a rocket ship. So I'm, no. I'm very, I'm very strongly vested and invested in, uh, in him. And he's a good guy, and he's doing a good yeah. job. And yeah, we have true. others that are doing a great job. You know, you know, you look, look, the ones who are doing poorly are these Democrat-run states. Oh. They're doing. I mean, take a look at what's happening. Look at 
You take a look at the city of Chicago. Take a look at New York. What's going on it's in New York? So sad. The, the, the crime so sad. And and men and and California. I mean, it's just not even believable when you take a look at what's happening. Not now, believable. Before you go, and I have a million questions that I know you don't have time for, such as what would you do to fix the supply chain problem? You know, I couldn't even get a prescription that I've been waiting for now for a week. I no, like you can't. I feel like I'm well, living in a book that you just said, which is doing great. It's doing. So we make an order for 300,000 more books. And the printer, who's one of the biggest in the country, says, sir, I can't get the paper. I can't get the, paper. I can't get the glue. I can't get the ink. That's what I hear. He said, I've been doing this stuff for 40 years. I've never had a problem getting paper before. It's, uh, and you know, yeah. supply chain, in all fairness, it wasn't even something that was on our mind. The supply no. chain was automatic. It was automatic. It was set. It was beautiful. But with their mandates and with all of the other things they've done, they have destroyed the supply chain. And I was in California recently looking at one of the properties I have, and I passed the area where the ships come in with the big, uh, with the big, what would you call them, the storage, the storage facilities. And I have never seen anything like what I saw there. You couldn't move these these containers are are. They must be ten, fifteen on top of each other. They, if they don't do something, that stuff will never get out. It's really bad. I mean, yeah. it's gotten worse. Nobody's talking about it now. It's got, but the containers, the containers coming off the ships, Michael, you wouldn't believe. And I passed this site for fifteen years, and you'd hardly see a container. You know, they'd right. get off the boat and they'd right. be delivered. Now they get off the boat and they just pile it up to the sky. It's well, crazy. I, I, I boat through Oakland, through the Oakland Estuary, which is a big port. Right. Right. They act like the Empire State Building, President Trump. Yep. And things are right. got a long way to go for getting it taken care of, I'll tell you. And this wasn't something, the, the word supply chain, this is not like a big topic because it was automatic. It worked. It worked yeah. beautifully. Right. But they've broken up our system. And they're breaking up our system in a lot of other ways, and that includes borders and election. We have crooked elections, oh. and we have open borders, and oh, millions boy. of people coming into this country that are destroying our country. Tell me about your book, Our Journey Together, which I know is available only at 45books.com. It's, it's not in bookstores, is it? It is in bookstores, and it's uh, it's in some bookstores, and it's uh, it's on Amazon. Believe it or not, I can't believe they haven't cut it, but it's uh, it's in Amazon, and it's available. And it takes a little longer because we the paper, you know. But they'll get it. It's all they'll get it. Can you imagine? You order something, and they say, "I'm sorry, sir, uh, we don't have anything to make it," and uh, you have to wait longer than necessary. But you know. It's doing well because people, even with all the hoaxes and all the witch hunts and everything else, it was a romantic time because our country was doing so well. They've never seen anything like it. And it's a book of pictures and also statements under some of the pictures. And a lot of people like them and probably some people don't. But it's done uh, it's done incredible business. I, I wish and I think a, people are going to love it. I wish you had a picture in there of you offering me one of the kosher hot dogs on Air Force One. That would have been a great picture. That would have been very nice. And... Uh, you took it. You took it. <laughs> I would, that would have been, you know, you that would have been very nice. Here you are, the most powerful man in the world, and you were exhausted from the speech you had just given. And I was brought in to see you, and you, you were eating your hot dogs. My eyes must have darted at the plate, and you intuitively looked at me and said, "Would you want one?" I'll never forget 
what that said to me about your humanity. You saw a hungry man, you well, walked on You were a hungry man anyway. So we had a good time, and you've always been great, Michael, and I appreciate it. What can and I, I will see you now? soon. Well, I will I, see you soon. No, just keep it going. Just keep the word out there, Mike. Just keep the word out there. Let the word be out because this country is in big trouble. Trouble like never before. And I'm saying it. Trouble like never before. Just get the word out. Well, you almost saved the country single-handedly. I'm proud to say that. And I'm hoping that you run again and you don't let the, I almost want to say, bastards get you down. Because I have never seen such contempt and hatred and lies foisted upon a single man like they did to you. They did to you worse than they would do to a murderer. I've never seen anything like it. Yep. They're bad people. A lot of bad people and a lot of great people. And that's what we do. That's what we do. We work for the the great ones. We have great people. And, uh, you know, it's make America great again. We say make America great again again because I did make it great. And then I really made it really good when we did the so-called handoff. When those election results came in, it looked like the election was over at 9.30 in the evening. We had won, and uh, won big. And then all of a sudden, a lot of things happened. Uh, like a third world country, that's what it's like. And yeah. uh, we, uh, we won't be letting anything happen again. We're going to straighten out. We're going to bring the country back. But it's so sad to see what took place. So sad. The one, thing is, the one thing is, when people yeah. look back, they're going to see how badly they did. Okay, if if this was more traditional, they're going to see how badly because the way they ran this country, they ran it into the ground. And who would have thought it could happen so fast? How are we going to survive three more years of a man who is not in his right mind and a world that has been tipped off its uh, axis by this incompetence of the sorority around him? I, I have one last question. I know you've got to run. I have to ask it. If you could call Putin, could you stop a war? Is it possible to stop this? Uh, they've given me a very weak hand, this government, this uh, administration. Right. But I wouldn't be surprised. I had a very good relationship with him, and we understood each other. They gave me a very weak hand, but I wouldn't be surprised. But he's backed into a corner. He's moved the troops. He's got nowhere to go. He's got nothing for the deal. You know, even when Kennedy uh, got... Khrushchev to remove the missiles out of Cuba. People don't know this, but but he got something out of it. Khrushchev got missiles removed from Turkey that were aimed at Russia. Yeah, yeah. Now right. it's uh, the hand that that this administration has given us is a very weak hand. So, Michael, thank you very much. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you yeah. soon. Our country loves you. Let the media go where they belong, which is you know yeah. where. Well, they're highly corrupt. They're a corrupt group of people and a very dangerous thing. They're playing a very dangerous game. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Michael Savage, a host like no other. I want to read a few things to you or discuss a few things with you that, frankly, I'm the only one in America who can do because I'm the man who wrote Trump's War, which was a very important book, number one in the New York Times bestseller list. And it was number one for a number of reasons, because it laid out the war that we, the American people, were trying to fight against the hell of the rhinos in the deep state. 
Well, now the rhinos in the deep state, along with the Democrats, have seized control of this country and have destroyed virtually everything. One of the chapters in Trump's war was called Trump's War Against the War Machine. Did you hear that? The senile Alzheimer's patient, that's an oxymoron, by the way, who's running the country, has brought America and the world to the brink of World War III because of the incompetence of the sorority girls and the frat boys that he has around them, these academic morons who have let it get this far in Ukraine. In my book, Trump's War, my first line states, stand firm on peace with Russia. Combat the war propaganda with the bully pulpit. Destroy ISIS and then leave the Middle East. Bring our troops home from unnecessary deployments. Can you believe if you had listened to me, if I had been Secretary of State, where the world would be today? Well, I'm going to read a little bit to you because you have to understand what is going on. The left should have been celebrating Trump instead of rioting in the streets. You know why I wrote? Because we almost had a war with Russia thanks to the psychopath who previously occupied the White House. The man who thought he was the greatest thing since the cure for polio. That would be Barack Hussein in St. Obama. Obama and Hillary Clinton was ginning up a war with Russia and the neolibs and the neocons were salivating. That's right. That would include McConnell and the warmongers. Candidate Trump was on my show a month before the election and said he'd meet with Vladimir Putin if he could, even before he was inaugurated. That's what he said on this show. Donald, listen, how would you defuse the situation now between Russia and the U.S., assuming the world doesn't blow up before before January? What would you do if you were president first day? What would you do with Putin to stop this these war drums? Well, the problem is we have Putin has no respect for Obama at all, doesn't like him and doesn't respect him. And Obama doesn't like Putin, but they, they have a great dislike for each other. And Putin has no respect at all for Obama. And I think that you can, you have potentially a really catastrophic situation here. I'll be honest with you, because those two are not, I will say this. If I win on November 8th, and hopefully every one of your listeners is going to go out, we're going to need everybody. Absolutely. So Republicans have a tougher path, you know that, to get there. Yes. But yes. if I win on November 8th, I think I could see myself meeting with Putin and meeting with Russia prior to the start of the administration. I think it would be wow. We that's an amazing. That's an amazing news story. That's fabulous, Mr. Trump. That is how badly Trump wanted to tamp down war talk. The crazy feminist sorority that surrounded Obama was dying for a war with Russia. That's what I wrote. Has anything changed, you stupid left-wing idiots, you? Why don't you go and enlist and come home in a body bag instead of having the people you hate have their sons come home in a body bag, you vermin, you? I led Trump to that commitment with a series of questions I asked him during that show. I've been writing about the demonization of Putin and Russia for years in my books. Putin is no angel, and Russia's interests don't always coincide with ours. But that doesn't mean we must be enemies or give the forces of darkness in Washington another war to get rich on while the rest of us suffer and our soldiers die for nothing. And that is why I wanted a commitment from Trump to talk to Putin at the earliest possible opportunity. Well, I got it. I got it right on the radio show at the time. What happened was predictable. The media went berserk the next day. All the little girls and the little boys in the media were running around saying, oh, Trump's going to step on Obama's foreign policy. And as I said, let's hope he does early and often. And I wrote, 
this. I'm an anti-war conservative. I know you don't understand what those words mean because you think liberals are anti-war, but they are not. As you can see in the streets of America, they are the violent fascists of our time, using the drug-addicted children as their shock troops, the same way ISIS uses civilians as human shields. All these left-wing organizations represent the true danger, not Trump. I then quoted Thomas Hobbes, who wrote in 1651 in his book Leviathan, that the very first law of nature is to seek peace. That is the essence of true conservatism. And I'm not just talking about the absence of military war on the battlefield. I'm talking about peace between individuals and groups within society. It's truly the opposite of progressivism, which seeks nothing but conflict between groups. The progressives promote conflict between people of different racial groups, different sexual orientations, and different income levels. They even promote conflict between men and women. They promote conflict within the psyche of individuals. Those are the spoiled brats that surround the Alzheimer's patient in the White House. What you must understand is that government is force. That's all government is. It is the pooled capacity for violence of every member of society. It's the societal equivalent of a firearm for an individual. It's only supposed to be used defensively to protect innocent people from aggression by others. The insane left does not want to limit government, this violent institution, to defending the innocent. The left politicizes everything. They want to transform peaceful, voluntary exchanges of property into violent, coerced redistributions. They wage war against voluntary associations and force people to associate against their will. They won't even allow peace in the expression of one's own thoughts. If a confused boy or girl can't choose one of these two sexes to identify as, they want to force you to refer to them with a whole new set of pronouns. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Under Obama, we were all Thomas Moore's being forced to say the words the king orders us to say. That sound familiar to you now under the senile Biden? And that is why conservatives, true conservatives, oppose everything the left stands for domestically and internationally. We oppose liberalism in the name of peace. We oppose it because the government can achieve income inequality. We oppose it because the government can achieve income equality only by seizing wealth at the point of a gun from those who legitimately earned it. The government can force people who don't wish to associate with each other to do so only at the point of a gun. It can make people say words they don't believe are true only at the point of a gun. To organize society this way is to perpetuate a constant state of war. Look at our streets. They're succeeding. Now, I wrote this in 2016, and then I went on to talk about the liberal warmongers. And I wrote this. In their insane pursuit, liberals constantly violate that first law of nature. They constantly seek war instead of peace. Hillary Clinton's unhinged reign as Secretary of State was a reign of terror. She went around the Middle East with a flamethrower, apparently believing she could burn down dictatorships and the flower of democracy would sprout from the ashes. She has been in bed with one savage group after another, and she couldn't see how crazy it was to expect anything but what we got after Gaddafi was gone in Libya, jihadist anarchy. Hillary wanted to do the same thing in Syria, regardless of the consequences. Not only would toppling Assad 
have put ISIS in charge of Syria, it would have resulted in a war with Russia. Even Joint Chiefs Chairman General Joseph Dumford said that, and he's an Obama appointee, but Hillary didn't care. The plight of 250,000 Syrians in Aleppo was more important than the lives of millions of Americans that would be lost in the war with Russia. Now, these words are shockingly true today, and I'm going to go on for another few seconds here because I wrote this in Trump's war against the war machine. Of course, that war wouldn't merely be an unintended consequence of liberating the Syrians. It also fits right into their justification for every other war. You see, now this applies to Ukraine. They believe it's our job to liberate the Russians, too, from the oppressive Putin regime. According to the liberal maniacs, Putin is the new Hitler because he prosecuted sexual anarchists when they desecrated a Christian church. To them, Russia is Nazi Germany because they're no longer communists. They're a market economy. This despite the Nazis being national socialists. How many times do I have to repeat to you? Nazism is national socialism. The left despises Putin because he's trying to defend Russia's borders, language, and culture from the same violent, uncivilized assault ours are under. Shall I go on? Shall I continue? I will continue, perhaps at another time, but I think I've given you enough right now for you to understand that the Russians are actually more consistent with our First Amendment than we are. They don't require students to study any particular religion. They can choose to study Orthodox Christianity, Islam, Judaism, or Buddhism. Those who don't wish to study religion can take courses on the foundations of religious culture or fundamentals of public ethics. This is in Russia. It's the same policy John Adams wrote into the original Massachusetts state constitution. The state was allowed to require religious instruction in schools, but what the students actually studied was left up to the local districts. They were allowed to elect the instructors and decide on their own what was taught. Just as liberals have been at war with religion within our own society, they are at war with it internationally. They ignored the atrocities of the Soviet Union because it prohibited religion. They demonize the restored Russia because it recognizes that society cannot live without religion or some equivalent set of moral principles. As John Adams said of our own constitution, it was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other, unquote. Being pro-religion isn't Putin's only sin against Biden's gang of sorority monsters. He's also mocked the climate change hoax in the past, and he even opposes abortion. Worst of all, Putin is not a communist. He even lectured Obama about the evils of socialism at a Davos conference, although his wise advice went unheeded. And these are the real reasons that Biden's sorority girls hate Putin. Yes, he's a former KGB agent who may have disappeared a few political opponents. I don't know if those accusations are true or not. As I've said, he's no angel, but he's been a voice of reason on the world stage while Emperor Obama and Biden and Clinton destroyed the international order and set barbaric jihadists loose all over the Middle East. And just like Trump, Putin refuses to bow to the globalist elites who want to run the world out of Washington, D.C. We've avoided the feminist sorority's war with Russia for the moment. But I wrote, Trump is going to be under pressure to start a new war from the left and their echo chamber media for his entire presidency. The liberal warmongers won't rest until the entire world is an egalitarian socialist wasteland. This was written in Trump's war. We're on the verge of war with Russia right now 
over an area of the world that has nothing to do with us, Ukraine. The senile dope in the White House and his sorority girls have sent troops and billions in weapons to Ukraine. I rest my case. This is Michael Savage. The shame the world didn't listen to me. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. And now for a very special moment in radio history and podcast history. I'm going to play for you my very first interview I ever did with President Trump, which was done back in January of 2011 after we met at Mar-a-Lago. Listen to the year, 2011. This is a very important and signature interview. I think you're going to enjoy it. Joining us right now is Donald Trump. Run the country like a business, not an empire. There's only one man I know who can do it, and that is Donald Trump. Donald, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thanks for being with us. How are you, Michael? You're a piece of work, that I can tell you. Well, now we don't know what you really mean when you say that. But but look, when you and I spoke yesterday, I, I asked you straight up. I didn't mince words. I said to you, where do you stand on tariffs with regard to Chinese goods? And you didn't blink. You didn't mince words. Tell the audience what you think should be done. Well, look, nobody is hurting outside of OPEC this country more than China. What China is doing to this country is absolutely a, a sin, and it shouldn't be allowed, and somebody has to speak to them. Somebody called me last week. The head of China is coming next week to see the president. And they said, what message would you have that the president should give? I said, the president should cancel the meeting and immediately cancel the meeting hmm. until such time as they stop manipulating their currency, et cetera, et cetera. Because when they manipulate their currency, our, co- our companies cannot compete with theirs. They cannot just can't. compete. Beyond labor, beyond other things, they can't compete. And I will tell you, as a big buyer of products, a huge buyer of products, glass and lots of other things, the Chinese are very, I mean, I say, do we make anything in this country anymore? It's, it's being made in China and other countries, but China is the big culprit. And the advantage they have is a manipulation through a manipulation of their currency. So what I say to you, very simply, is that I would absolutely tax all products coming in from China. Then you'll say to me, oh, but don't they loan us a lot of money by buying our bonds? And I would respond by saying, if you tax their products, those bonds would be paid off very, very rapidly. What tax? What percent? I would say 25%. And I would say a firm, strong 25%. And then, you know what? When they start behaving properly, you know, we're building cities in China. We're building China. We're rebuilding the whole place because what they're doing is they're taking all of our jobs. And it's very interesting. I don't know if you heard Bernanke, uh, Ben Bernanke the other day. Right. But he said very strongly job market won't be back for five or six years. Yeah, I heard that. That's terrible. Well, you and I had one point that we disagreed on where you said you cannot buy anything made in America anymore. And I said, Mr. Trump, you're wrong about that. You can buy a congressman. That's very true. (laughs) It's sadly true. So in addition to saying you're fired, you now want to say you're elected, huh? Michael, I don't believe five or six years because why, why are jobs coming back to this country if everything's being made in China, Mexico, lots of other places? You know what happened in Iowa? Iowa is, it's very sad. Newton, Iowa, Maytag, because of our brilliant system, Maytag moved their manufacturing and virtually everything out of Iowa, Newton, and into Mexico. Yeah. The jobs. Well, that's because of NAFTA and the WTO. Now, we on the conservative side in the media were opposed to that in the 90s. We opposed NAFTA. We opposed WTO. We were called crazy at the time. 
Would you repeal any of these international agreements if you were president, Mr. Trump? Well, NAFTA has been a total disaster. Uh, it's just been unbelievable how horrible it's been. You go up and look at New England, all you see is empty factories that are just decaying buildings. Yes. And those people moved out and they moved over to Mexico and other places. Uh, and you take a look at what's happening. The truth is the United States is a whipping post for the rest of the world. And the reason is because our people aren't smart enough or tough enough to do something about it. One of my callers, Rich in Pittsburgh, is uh, calling and he's saying in China they tariff our products. Is that true? Totally true. I can tell you about a steel company, which I'm to mention, but I can tell you about a steel company, and I'm talking about a big one, where they can't, they're not allowed to go into China and sell steel. Look. General Electric recently, where General Electric was forced to give up all their technology and all their secrets in order to do business in China. I mean, it's terrible what's going on, and we do nothing. Look at South Korea. There's another one. There's another beauty. Right. I just can't even believe. Yes. Look at South Korea. They have a trade agreement that's so bad and so one-sided for them and against us. Then the president goes there recently, and they refuse to sign it because they want more. Then all of a sudden, a couple of shells get lobbed onto one of their island by North, by North Korea. Right. And all of a sudden, they come back and they say, no, no, we will sign the agreement because they are my great allies. They are great <laughs> Yeah, allies. right. Sure, as we have the SS, as we have the George Washington aircraft carrier, one of the great boats of the world, right. and many destroyers sailing right toward North Korea. And I said to myself... They make hundreds of billions of dollars, let's use the word profit, because it's easy to understand, yes. in the United States, with their right. televisions, their cars, everything right. else. The agreement is horrendous. We're protecting them. Why aren't we being paid for that? These, this nation is so rich, much richer than us, actually. Mm. But why aren't they paying when we sail those incredible ships over to North right. Korea, which, by the way, cost millions of dollars an hour? You know, what you're saying is why doesn't, why doesn't South Korea pay for the price of sailing the ships and the men going there to protect them? Is that what you're saying? Why doesn't South Korea pay us something? Which means why don't we ask South Korea... To that for something, I mean, for something. Instead, what do they do? They go out and they give us a trade agreement that only an idiot from our standpoint would would sign. So it's a very, very sad situation. But if you were, but Donald, if you were the chief executive of the United States of America, would you do some of the more uh, controversial things that I've called for, such as, uh, let's go to Iraq. Many men lost their lives, lost limbs, lost eyes. We lost our national honor in many ways. For what? They're sitting on a sea of oil. They've never given us a free barrel of oil. George Bush said that they would pay us back through oil. We never got one free barrel. Don't you think, for example, Iraq owes us a few hundred million barrels of oil in exchange for how many, how many billions we spent there? Iraq has $15 trillion of oil sitting under its land. People don't realize after Saudi Arabia, they're the second nation for oil. Right. Now, we've spent a trillion and a half, okay? Yes. They should pay us back. They should pay us back. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the greatest example, only because, you know, it's not like Iraq is, I don't know, a lot of people would say, did we really do them a favor? If you go over there, it's a total mess. Which, by the way, Iran will take over as soon as we leave. What we've done in Iraq is unbelievable. You know, yes. they've been fighting for hundreds of years, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, absolutely. Equals. Now we've denutered yes. Iraq. 
so that as soon as we leave, Iran will go in and take over that oil, which is very interesting. Well, as I, look, when that war broke out, I said that this could be the greatest blunder, military blunder in American history. I hope Bush is, is right and not wrong, because if he's wrong, all that's going to happen is the Shia-dominated Iran is going to dominate Iraq, which was run by the Sunnis under Saddam, who was a balancing power to the, to the Shia power within his own country in Iran. It was a complete mess. But let's look at Afghanistan. If you were president, would you pull the boys out of Afghanistan? Get out as soon as I could. Now, you have to understand, Michael, I'm a very, very hawkish person. I believe in really strong military, stronger than what we have right now. Right. I believe in all of that. So do I. What we are over there is policemen. Yes. What we are over there is policemen. You know, we didn't lose a war. If we pulled out, we did. We won the war, but we're policemen over there. We're not yes. supposed to be policemen. We'll be right back with more of this exceptional interview with President Trump. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. We're back with more from my very first interview with President Trump from the year 2011. I think you're going to love it. You know, in my book, Trickle Up Poverty, Mr. Trump, I ended by saying run America like a business, not an empire. And I went on the air and I said, I finally have found a businessman who I think think could run this country not only like a business, but as a business, because it is a business. Every nation fundamentally is a business, but you can't run a business at a loss, uh, let us say, forever, can you? Well, I'd also say a business with compassion, because there are certain times where government really can help people, and that's a great thing. But, you know, when I look at, for instance, you mentioned Afghanistan. Think of this. $52 million was given to somebody in a suitcase to go to Afghanistan, right? Right. It ended up... And we just found this out. It ended up in Dubai. Now, Dubai, in Dubai. is yeah. not doing well. Right. It ended up in Dubai. Now, you say to yourself, we give $52 million in cash. I mean, who ever heard of $52 million in cash? Numerous cash businesses. But my cash businesses, I watch closely. I have people. I have accountants watching the people. Then I yes. have people watching those people. Yeah. I want to know, who is the colonel or the general or whoever it is that gives $52 million in green to yeah. Afghanistan? And then it ends up somewhere in Dubai, which is another part of the world. And I say, who are the people that give this money? Is it a colonel? Is it a corporal that carries it out? Is it a private, like the WikiLeaks private? Yeah. And then I say, of the money that was given, 52 is an odd number, how much was stolen before the 52 got there? And who stole it, including our own couriers? So when I look at that, 52 million in cash, if you think about what that is, right. you say, who authorizes something like that? I don't know. I didn't. No, but can you imagine? No, I know what you're saying. Where the money come from? Who did it go to? Look, you only have a minute left in this segment. There's a lot more we have to cover over the months and, uh, to come. I don't even know if you're running. Are you really ready to run for the presidency, Mr. Trump? Well, I'm a proud American. I love this country. I've never seen anything like what's happening now. I've never seen OPEC go so crazy as they are right now. Oil is now $90 a barrel. It should be 30 I've always been told by a certain very smart friend of mine who's truly an expert on oil that whenever we have oil above 30 and 40, this country has to lose money. And I believe that it was OPEC and I believe it was oil prices that really caused the almost demise of our economic nation. It was a horrible thing. We got up to $150 a barrel. Well, it's a commodity that, in essence, is acting as a currency. That's what it comes down to. If we have inflation, 
the the barrel of oil becomes the equivalent of the uh, of the deflated dollar in, in reality to the Arab. In other words, he goes to New York and he wants to buy an apartment in Trump Plaza that was ten million dollars, and suddenly it's fifteen million dollars. So he wants more money for his oil. Yes or no? That it's the problem that we have with the devalued dollar and the devaluing on a daily basis is you're going to be paying twenty five dollars for a loaf of bread. You're going to be paying ten dollars for a Coca Cola. I mean, the devalued dollar, which is no longer a respected currency, as you know, yep. is just absolutely hurting this country, and it's going to hurt. Number one, level of respect. Number two, wait till you see what's... And you see it now. You see the price of copper. You see the price of gold. You see the price of all of these commodities, including oil, going through the roof. And it's a very, very serious situation for this country. When will we know if... But when will we know if Donald Trump wants to really run for the presidency? Well, I would say I'll make a decision sometime by June. You know, we have Celebrity Apprentice going on very soon. I'm not allowed to run during that time because otherwise everyone else has to get two hours on primetime television. Somehow I don't think that's going to happen. Right. It, it terminates, the, the season 11 term comes to an end at the, during the month of June. And I will make a decision uh, sometime then. But it's a very sad thing. What's happening to this country is very sad. And I've never seen it where this country is such a whipping post and just doesn't have the respect of other nations. Run the country like a business, not an empire. We need a really successful, tough-minded man like Donald Trump, in my opinion. I would definitely back you if you ran, and I haven't backed anyone because I see nobody who can beat Obama out there on the Republican side. That's a terrible, terrible thing to say when you consider Obama is such a terrible president that the Republicans are going to do it all over again, Mr. Trump. And that's what I say. We really need you out there. Michael, health care is destroying many, many companies. I know for a fact I have friends that are literally closing up their companies. They're not going to be able to afford health care. And just one other little thing. You know, we signed recently a treaty with Russia. Yeah. How would you like Russia dictating when and where we can build missiles? I mean, do you think this is great now that Russia is telling us what we can build, when we can build it? It's sort of an amazing... I cover this with a chapter on what's in the START Treaty. I tried to warn America why the president and those nine Republican turncoats agreed on the START Treaty without any discussion really concerns me because we have now become, in essence, almost a uh, beaten housewife to the rest of the world. That's a real beauty, and part of the beauty is they don't want us to have a defense system. So you're not allowed to defend yourself. You can't build missiles. You can't. Russia's telling us what to do, and they rush mm. out to approve it. It's unbelievable. Well, we have a lot more to cover, and I know that this is not the uh, last time uh, Donald Trump will be on the Savage Nation, at least I hope not. And uh, we're giving you an open door to the most important independent uh, nation in the country, which is the Savage Nation. I sincerely mean it. This is not for ratings, Mr. Trump. This is to save the country that I love ever since I've been a Boy Scout in Queens, New York. And I hope you're the guy who's going to do it, and you're the guy who's going to save this country. Well, thank you very much, Michael. You have a great show, and I really do. I can't say 100%, but I agree with so much of what you say. If you agreed with me 100%, I'd really worry about you. (laughs) Thank you, Michael, and we'll be on again. Thank you. Donald Trump on the Savage Nation. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, 
Sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.